Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Kyrie Shelton this week got to kind of live the dream that all players have wanted to do at one point or another and make that post about the referees on social media. Did you just open, up, open it up the next day and just go, oh my God, Kyrie, you're going to get fined for that? I did exactly that. Yes, I. Uh, I didn't know he posted that until uh, until later. Um, I would say it was too late when I noticed it. Um, Kyrie is like that. He likes to, um, you know, express his feelings uh, to the world. And um, look, in a way, there's no problem with that. I think you can have an opinion. I hate when you get fined for things that you know. The referees admit to mistakes they make during games, but if you say that they make a mistake, you get fined for it. Back at it again with another shade of blue. Our intro music just hits differently when our team is not playing well. It is a multifunctional song, though. It is. Happy, sad, pissed. It is. That's just what I mean. It hits a little differently when we're not playing well. So we got a decent show. We got a decent show. We have a very good show tonight. Uh, a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about why this team cannot score. Just tuned out. You're, you're apparently showing more confidence than the team does. That's right. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about why this team can't score on set pieces. We're going to talk about if this team can make the playoffs without a signing. But the number one thing, I, there's nowhere else I can start this show, but... The incident after the after the game, Johnny Russell was seen going over to the Fountain City Ultras portion of the cauldron, exchanging some words. We don't know exactly what happened. It's been an ordeal. 
David has been monitoring the Cauldron Facebook page for us. He should he deserves a raise or maybe just to get paid, period, for that. So how should we begin this discussion? Thad, you, you generally have a reasonable, level-headed... You usually don't want me to have a reasonable, level-headed point, though. I know, but this one is a touchier subject, so... How right. close were you to it? Never knew it happened until I was driving home. Ah, okay. So I was on the far end. I was on the south stand, so I, I have no clue what actually happened other than what the supporters group posted, what I've heard other people say, and knowing Johnny would not typically go off on a you we deserve better kind of chant. So I know I have sat in that area before while shooting, and I've heard some pretty vile things thrown at the other team and sporting also. Um, I just don't know if that, what that may have been. And I do know somebody that was close to that situation who said that they said some things other than what they said they said in their post. Close. Yeah, no one... So I don't really know, though. I don't think anyone actually believes that they... We're just saying we deserve better, right? They're, Johnny Russell's not running across a field for something, for something like that. And I, and well, I mean, I know they said there was something else, but it, but it wasn't even it wasn't much worse, if any worse. But yeah, I just can't believe Johnny would be that pissed over something like that. Well, and then my other part of this is, even if that is all they were saying, and no, Johnny probably shouldn't have come over there. If you know, from the standpoint of the team, that's fine, but. This is, I have a microphone in front of me, and this is the court of Cody's opinion here. So, so <laughs> it yeah. It gives I mean, you the right, damn it. Like, yeah, just kind of like their, the Ultras post said, like, they're not mad at Johnny for going over there. No, Johnny's a passionate guy. We know that about him. I have no problem with that as a, as a fan of the team. But so let's just say they were saying we deserve better. I'm not sure, honestly, that, that we do deserve better. It has been seven games like what? What would some of this, this fan base do as a team of some of these other, as a fan of teams, other teams in this league? How would they even survive? The Colorado Rapids, like what? They were bad for so many years, and we can't. We go through seven games after losing our two star players, and our fans are chanting, "We deserve better." There was like a decade of terrible from Canadian teams. That's what I like. I just don't understand this. I, I don't either, man. And I've, I mean, I've been a fan. I'm, I'm old, okay? I've been a fan of teams that would go a decade without a winning season. And then they go a decade with five or six winning seasons and do well. And then you go another decade with losing seasons. And that's part of being fandom, right? Does that mean you have to, like, oh, be happy they're losing? No. So I, I, there's, like, a, there's a fine line there that I'm, like, I understand fans not being happy with how the team has performed this year. And it's there's carryover from bombing out of playoffs and, uh, you know, a bad season in 2019 and some stuff like that. There's carryover, so they, they haven't won anything since 2017. But they've been in – most years they've been a good and entertaining team, made the playoffs, which right. I know that's a low bar. They, they haven't won a title since then, but they've won a lot of soccer games yeah. since then. So there's that line, like, do can you expect them to win something every year? No, I don't think so. Can you expect them to have – Every season be a winning season? No, I don't think so. Shit happens. I mean, injuries happen. It's seven games is all we have played. And it has been a rough streak. Like, sure, it has. But I just, it's just so entitled. that Let's start chanting. You chant that if when they get eliminated from the playoffs, right? That's, that's when a fan base can, can chant that and, 
and be and be all good. Oh, we have Daniel Sperry is joining us via Zoom. Daniel Sperry, there he is. Hello. Yeah, Welcome, you weren't, you weren't sir. paying attention, Cody, so you had to text me. No, I was not paying attention. He was Cody's in the got Zoom. A job to do, man. He on. was in the Zoom waiting. Daniel Sperry okay. of the of the KC Star. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Are you guys all in one location or are we all like called in here? Yeah, we're all in my living room, except for oh, you. Fun. You're just gonna be looking at me. I didn't want to prop like prop the computer up to look at everyone because I needed to I needed to fine. look up things on my Your definition of living room is a little different. Living room, dining room. Thank yeah, you. Right. I don't know that you needed to correct me. Do you eat in your living room? I mean, that's okay. Cody has trouble with days. I do blur those is, lines quite you know, a bit. There's no couches in here. <laughs> All right. Daniel, so you're joining uh, mid-conversation about the post-game incident. We've been venting oh about... Uh, we've been venting I can about... leave for a second. <laughs> well, really, we're, we're just on entitled fans at the well, moment is the way, is the way it's oh. going. Daniel, okay, the, okay, the well, segment me, is called is Give it. Us Your Hot Take About Fountain City Ultra. <laughs> so you got to lead us off with the hottest take you've got. That's dangerous. Um, <laughs> he already said he wanted to leave when we, talk, <laughs> when we spoke about this. Uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave most of my thoughts on the whole situation out off air. Um, I'll just say this. It feels like one group was v- so extremely quick to respond in this. Um, and one group absolutely has not responded at all in this party uh, of two. And so um, I think that should tell you all you need to know about this yeah. uh, incident. I had a f- conversation with a friend of mine at work today. Uh, he grew up in Brazil, big Corinthians fan. Um, and we were talking about fan culture in America versus the rest of the world. And the rest of the world has years and years and years and these levels of political, uh, societal, uh, criminal mafia stuff that's like baked into certain fan cultures that we don't have here. And it's a good thing. And exactly. so I I like passionate fans. I like fans that um, have an opinion that want to state their mind i will disagree with you and i will respectfully disagree with you um but like there's also like a certain level of things that are really sucky about the global fandom that people in the u.s think creates pressure for the players right so we'll get like better results out of them and in reality like maybe you kind of light a fire under a guy but you know i I, I know I, I just don't think that there that was what happened on on Saturday night was the best way to go about lighting a fire under people, um, and maybe it works. Who knows? But uh, I just yeah I'll when, when, I'll, I'll leave the rest of my thoughts. Yeah, I, I'll just say there's one like it, it's very obvious. One group was very quickly looking um, for publicity here, and one group could not care less about the event and has said nothing. So yeah. um, that that's my take on that. The We didn't mention this part. Just the view of a group that has named themselves ultras and then, and then is writing something like, oh, I don't know why everyone wants to make us out to be the bad guys. Literally, like you're, you named yourselves ultras, and there is a certain connotation, like Daniel was saying, around world football There's with that. definitely word. an absolute wannabe connotation to that. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I mean, if you want to be ultras, then go be, go be ultras. But you'll get kicked out of the stadium, and nobody will like you, and you'll get your ass kicked eventually. Okay? Yeah. That's just the way it is. So if you want to be it, be it. Otherwise, don't call yourself that. That's fair. I'm, I'm with you. I, I won't go much further than that. 
<laughs> and I now cannot sit in front of them for probably another year. <laughs> yeah, Thad's in a dangerous spot right there. Back turned, everything. <laughs> With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, we can talk about some actual soccer, but it's going to be fun. more complaining. I want to I talk about <laughs> set pieces. I had people sending me messages saying, our defense is bad, but I'm not sure that I that I subscribe to that. I'm, it's set pieces. We definitely can't do set pieces. We've never been able to do set pieces as long as I've been a fan of this team, it feels like. So, someone tell me. How long have you been a fan of this team? Uh, I'm a true 96er, so <laughs> let's go back. You no, are? I don't know. <laughs> I, had, <laughs> I was at the first game. I don't know. I blacked out there for a couple of years. <laughs> but. Well, I thought it was ironic that, you know, okay, CJ was there. Colin got you know kind of honored before the game. That was two of the guys on the, you know, team 2013 team that really made us dominant in the box and i just thought it was kind of ironic that they were there on this night <laughs> one for the other team Valid point. Scored. i i oh Go ahead. someone else has you no, know, I, I agree with cody i don't know that this team is like bad defensively um there are but the the types of things that happen on set pieces um are i feel like are frequently a thing over the last couple of years and it's been part of something that I've kind of griped about where like sure there's like some unlucky bounces I wouldn't even say griped because I'm not I'm not trying to come at it from a fan perspective but like where I feel like things are going wrong is it feels like amid the the like the general you'll probably get like three or four really bad bounces a year um, they're creating a lot of their own bad bounces by um, failure to clear a situation and then at times failure to rally to the ball when it's not fully cleared and they're not the first person to the ball when the ball drops inside their box on those things like if they're first to the ball and clear it that's fine but if they don't get that clearance off they're not first to that second ball and i think that kind of goes to what peter was talking about at the end of the game was what he was pissed off about was just like an effort focus mentality thing and I think that's kind of where a lot of those things lie because I was, I was trying to look back on it and sure you could single out people who lost markers on the first goal. Um, why no one was really caring about the fact that the dude was wide open at the edge of the 18 for the initial pass off the free, the restart um, mm-hmm. when they passed it out to Leal for the cross in that first goal. Um, so like, there's a lot of those things that like you can moan about, but like at the end of the day, the second goal happened because it was a really like uh, a, a, the ball dropped and nobody was quicker to it. Like nobody was anticipating where else that ball was going. And I feel like those those types of mistakes lead to the types of goals that CJ has scored, to the types of goals that they they gave up. Um, and they led the league in like the most unassisted goals given up against, like given up last year. Um, one of the worst teams in, in that category. And a lot of it, you know, you go look at all of the individual plays, you can say, well, a lot of it's dumb luck, but a lot of times I feel like they're kind of creating it because the cross, the, the clearance isn't sloppy or they're not first to the second ball. Um, and, and when the ball drops there on a, on a cross in or a set piece in and they get these 
rebound ricochet things that like you continually say, okay, they're unlucky, but at some point it's a trend and it's a trend that they're not getting there. And so then the question is, where's the effort on that? Um, because I think that's really what it boils down to. Like, it feels like they handle the initial situation well most of the times, but if there's a second subsequent thing that happens at the end of those set pieces, that's where they're getting killed. Well, and Daniel, I think you bring up a good point. We've talked about this maybe, excuse me, like a month ago on our on the pod about is the defense bad or are we bad in moments? Um, like when we played Atlanta, it was a bad turnover in the midfield led to a big moment for Atlanta, but it's not like our defense was just getting shredded left and right. And so against Nashville, you know, we fell asleep on a set piece. That was a bad moment. Um, and then, you know, CJ's goal was just kind of an unlucky cl- failed clearance that just kind of pinged around. And more often than not, than not that ball is not going to be scored. That ball is going to bounce elsewhere. It's going to get cleared by somebody else. CJ is going to duff it something. It's just an unlucky moment. I'm not sure that our defense is truly atrocious, but we seem to be getting more bad breaks than good right now. Thad Bell, what are you doing on your phone right now? Answering questions. From who? Who's asking you a question? I can't tell you that. That would embarrass <laughs> me. I want you to read the note you were just passing out loud to the class. Read it out loud to the class. Jeez. Oh, I will. I will go here. I I did not know who the second, the other voice here that was not Robert or Dad oh, or Cody, okay. and so I was like trying to be like, who is this? Okay, there we go. Now we go. We're back. Daniel, meet David. David. Daniel, there. Hi, David. Hello, David. Hello. I didn't do introductions. My apologies. <laughs> I didn't do. Introductions. Cody did a terrible job of like introducing everybody here. So well, actually, if you had done introductions, he still would not have known it because he was late. I thought you were just a huge fan of the show. I thought you knew everybody. I don't know. <laughs> So, yes, we, we have the full house here. Cody Bradley, Thad Bell, Robert Russert, and David Greenwald. That is everybody that is here. Nate Bukitty didn't ask who I was. Nate did not ask. Nate just knew, I think. Nor did he care. <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm kidding. He cared. Oh, Nate's a great guy. We like Nate. Nate gave us a shout-out on the Sporting KC show, so that was good. Nate's great. So how would we describe the way Kansas City defends in the box on set bases? Is it zonal marking? Is it... Man, is it free guy it's, to the ball I, and everybody else is marking? What would you call it? Intermittent. Intermittent. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> well, I was definitely one of the, like like Sperry was saying of, oh, it's just bad luck and things like that. But no, it is an absolute trend. And it's just weird for me. Like, I, I agree with what David is saying. Like, the defense is not that bad. There's just some bad moments. But the more I say that, the more stupid it sounds <laughs> like like they're still giving up these bad moments and it's like if you just give up a bunch of bad moments then you're just not doing very good <laughs> so I, there yeah. there is a certain point there but when I look at when I think about the at least the center backs I'm happy with the center backs I think Issy probably had his one of his worst games uh, against Nashville but I like our two center backs I I have been vocal about Ben Sweat. I'm ready for Ndenbe to come back. But, you know, Zussi is still serviceable over there. I think we would, everyone would prefer someone younger and quicker and, you know, uh, with a brighter future. But I think the back line is serviceable when I look at the defense. But then at the same time, like, there is an issue here. So, Sperry, someone, someone tell, someone figure this out for us. What's wrong? I, I don't know. Uh, because they're doing... So like their their defense for the most part in the run of play, like that we have to forget like don't forget like Nashville's a really good team. Hani Mukhtar is really freaking good. 
Randall Leal was awesome. And Ben Sweat most likely is going to get beat for pace a lot of times. And he went up against two of the um, better 1v1 attackers um, in the Western Conference. Um, there's a lot of guys who will kill you by like where they're at and their spatial marking, but like those are two of the best dribblers in the conference that'll take people one on one. And so Sweat definitely got burned. Um, he's been second to a lot of stuff in the midfield too, which is I think. Um, anyways, I digress. I I think the the biggest part has been uh, just an inconsistent role player at the six in front of those back two um, of those two center backs, and I think that. If you have someone that they're used to playing with and they keep going with, and that was like part of the risk with Elie, but like they also couldn't have foreseen that Uri Roselle was going to be healthy through most of training camp was all of a sudden going to miss five out of the seven games that they've played. So that's also something that's like thrown into the mix there that, um, you know, even the the knock that he picked up late last week, it was a like a game day decision for whether or not they were, they were going to roll with him. And so then they have to, make shift and play Roger at the six. And, you know, that's like Roger played one game at the six and it was a one, one draw against Colorado um, last year. And he looked fine at times, but sporting had the ball for the majority of that. And this Nashville team is a lot talented, a lot more talented than I think that Colorado team was and a little bit better at hanging on to the ball. So you have these teams like Nashville who went in their expected goals, very high. They kept the ball against sporting for the most part. Um, and had meaningful possession with it. And I think teams are kind of finding some joy because of how built this team is to play with the ball and that they are maybe not as great and they're more kind of scrambly when they don't have the ball. Um, And I think that's kind of maybe what's led to some of those things and just overall inconsistencies in personnel. Um, I, I, there's, I don't like, I go back to the goal that sporting scored if you have Ndenbe in there, I don't know if he picks out that right pass. And that's just kind of an experience thing that Sweat has. Um, the system that he played in in New York was extremely similar to what Sporting tried to do. Um, his best cr- moments of his career were in New York. Um, and so that that was a, a very good play. Um, but, like, they've got to figure out a other beyond the defense thing. Um, they've got to figure out ways to, like, actually score some goals that aren't 16 pass beauties. Um, because uh, scoring some of these other goals that aren't relying upon you having the ball for so long and breaking teams down that way will alleviate what you're trying to do defensively too because the game state changes when you've got those goals and you're up. Um, And I think that that the attack in a way has – like it stalling has kind of hurt the defense in a way too because then – um, when you're, it's like in baseball, right? When you've got a pitcher who's working with a one, one, one run, two run, three run lead, like the tight lead, um, the, the things that the intensity, the pressure on the, the, like the payoff plays and the payoff pitches, um, ratchets up in soccer. When you're only, when you're trying to protect a one nil lead every single game, because this team hasn't scored more than two goals in a game this year, when you're trying to protect a lead, and or even protect a gap between you and the other team constantly, um, the the pressure can kind of wear you out a little bit, and see so all of those moments become much more magnified um, when you are sitting with that comfortability of where you're at in the game state as well. He mentioned the assist from Sweat, and Robert, I wanted to ask you if 
maybe he had learned something from, you know, you wrote an article about him missing some of those chances like that or not making passes like that. So I was wondering if maybe he read your article and figured something out. <laughs> right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but was that was that play like kind of one of those examples that you were saying maybe he wasn't doing the week before? No, mine was more about, you know, more in the middle area of the field when he's near the top of the box than it was that. Um, obviously a nice play there and a very heads-up play to play the ball that he did. But um, I think Sweat may just be more focused on that attack-minded. Somebody mentioned in the comments that he's like a left-sided Zuzi. Great, but Zuzi often gets defeated because he's out of position with balls in behind him. Same thing is happening to Sweat. And I think, again, he's maybe just trying to make Peter happy with him on the offense and maybe just a little more focused on that instead of the defense. I don't know. Just a thought. I think when when the team is at their best, they can have one or the other outside back up there. They still have to have the speed with Izzy or AD mid or the other back have that. Well, who's the left back, back, left center back with sweat? Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's one of the issues. The other issue was Roger being there. Not And not a slam on Roger because he's we still love Roger, but he's not as fast as he used to be. I also wonder, um, because Yuri was scratched right before the game, Peter said that he didn't want to make two moves and move uh, Remy back to the D-mid spot and then have to put somebody else in at the eight. But I wonder now if maybe that would have been the right move to do and put the more experienced six in that spot. Absolutely. They're professionals. You're telling me that Cam Duke, Felipe Hernandez, or even Roger aren't capable of playing the eight, which is what they play every day in practice, what they do every time they play in the game, and that you can't just slot Remy back to the six, which is what he does at least 50% of the time. I mean, come on. Yeah, No, I, I agree with you. I'm just going to add in that he did say that they had worked on something specific, and then making two moves would have messed that up, or not his words exactly, but would have changed that more so. I don't disagree with you. I That's why when I hear that, I'm like, I understand the logic. I don't necessarily agree with the logic. Yeah, I think he's trying to get Walter farther up the field, which I think showed Saturday night is a good thing. Because I think Remy's a little more disciplined than Roger is at that eight. He's not quite as helter-skelter about it. And Roger does some good stuff, but I think Remy's a little more forward-thinking in that eight position as well than Roger is but you still would love to have a guy who plays the six in the six spot. Oh, yeah. So if Roger's not the answer up there, then maybe Cam and Felipe would have been the answer with Remy at the six. Could be. Well, I don't think Remy plays the six the way that the system would prefer. No. Right? Ilié, you know, peak Ilié is kind of the six that's built for our system. Like that, better than Yuri, better than Remy. You know, Ilié, when he first came in, is exactly what our system wanted. Um, but Roger sure as hell isn't it. And that's not meant to be a knock on Roger. I like Roger. Roger's a great eight. He's a terrific eight. Um, not as good as he was a few years ago, but he's a very good player as an eight. He is not a six. And every time we've played him back there, he has not been good back there. Fine to like, fine ish, you know, (laughs) to sometimes bad, but he's not a fit for the system there and I don't think Roger as the six gave up or created any of the the goals for Nashville other than maybe creating the set pieces that then created the goals I I, I can't even like I can't say that I just I'd have to go back and trace plays backwards a little bit without having it off the top of my head 
But, it, yeah, I don't think he was a terrible thing at it. It's just not his spot. That's not his strength. And he's not going to add a lot in possession from the six where a Ilya or a Remy or a Yuri or a Busio or a Failhaber or somebody who has that passing ability. Roger's not a terrible passer, but he's not a long-distance, pick-those-passes-out kind of guy. Well, because everything flows from the six. Our ability to defend comes from possessing the ball. Yeah. And, you know, peak Yuri before we transferred him to Portugal was that metronome where he was just, I mean, he set passing records in a game by being able to just maintain possession and swing the ball around until we were able to find the pass. Elie being able to hit the diagonal switches. Uh, our offense comes from, can oftentimes from the six. And so when we don't have somebody who can play the six to that level, the system tends to struggle you know, Elia would often drop back in between the center backs so that when we push the wide, the fullbacks out and up, you know, it allowed Ike and Bees to slide out to the side more and then Elia was playing almost as a sweeper center back. We don't have that right now. Even even Yuri, I mean, we haven't gotten to see him fully fit for any of the games this year, but I don't think he's got that club in his bag right now. And the closest one, though. I just have to say this. I mean, getting Uri, I understand the reasoning, but the most games he's played in the last five years in the league is 22. I know some of that's due to manager decisions, but it's also due to his play and his injuries. Just the logic of, we'll pick him up and he'll be a solid starter for us all season just defies any logic in my mind. I well, oh, I am. Am I muted? Am I unmuted? <laughs> yeah, we know you're good. I'm muted. There we go. Great. Sorry. Uh, no, I will disagree that Uri was brought in to be a starter. Um, the, well, uh, okay. The you talk about the Mari the starter, situation, or the starter that, that they that they hope to have mm-hmm. is yeah. no longer around sure, the team sure. um, because of what happened and with effort and training camp and all that stuff. Just right, was right. a delineating mess that culminated in that uh <laughs> in, in that uh you know 15 minute cameo uh jaunt around the middle of uh mercedes-benz stadium in that opening game um part of uri's problem too is he even recognized this was that uh and i asked him this at media day um kind of appeared in an article briefly but it wasn't really the sole focus of the article um was him talking about how uh uh, he found himself when he looked back on that first game um, doing some things that you would do as a six in a double pivot um, that you can't do as a six in a central pivot and how um, he, I think back to even to Ilya, right? Like Ilya went through Barcelona Academy and all of Barcelona B, all that stuff, right? Lamazia goes through, he's been played in this prototypical six. If you go back to some of his other stops in his career and where he was in Germany before he came to Sporting Kansas City, he was being used as, as an eight. That's why it wasn't working. Um, Uri uh, has, has been used as an eight, not as an eight, but as a double pivot, as a six in a double pivot. Um, Uri uh, in the last two, three systems that he's played um, has been solely as a, as a dual pivot player. Um, which requires a different level of aggression that doesn't fit into his game. Um, it's why Sporting have never really tried the double pivot when Elia was there. Um, uh, maybe one-off games, and if you do remember that one-off game, it was the game against Houston 
um, in uh, in your in the U.S. Open Cup in 2018, which resulted in multiple players basically being banished because of effort and how poorly that whole thing worked. Um, that that doesn't work like that. So he's got to find. He has not had game time rhythm yet to even get back into being the normal single pivot six that is expected out of the system, which probably suits his player type significantly more um, than the demand that is on a, a double pivot number six. Um, and, you know, he even mentioned that he still has to get rid of some of those tendencies that he's tried to pick up over the last few years just to keep staying afloat. The injuries, sure, questionable, um, but he was healthy going into camp. He was healthy going in through all of this. So then the question mark is, you know, he, he played a game on a crappy field, on a crappy turf in Atlanta and messed up his hamstring and then was getting ready to be back and picked up another knock, different leg, different thing, um, more of a contact type thing uh, in his in his thigh that just ended up not ruling him out for, or ruling him out for that game against Nashville. So, you know, it's so hard now because I think I'm at a point with the team and the results. And I think fans are like, I, I felt like I wanted to make fans chill out like for the first six, seven games over what was going on because there were so many injuries and so many things going on. But now we're kind of at a point where we're, we're get, where we can no longer like be patient. Like these are no longer valid excuses and things just have to click. And unfortunately for Uri, like they're going to need him to come in and really whenever he's ready to go at that six, that's their option right now, unless they go out of the league or within the league to, to bring someone in to go and play at that spot for them. That that's that fixes is Uri at the moment. And so they are really going to rely on him getting fully up to speed um, as quick as possible. And that's a big question mark. And I think that's a, that's a really big key to how this team goes, goes forward. Um, but I, I, I will, I'm not totally sure that Uri was the original plan A. Right. Um, right. Sure. I don't, and I don't know that, uh, you know, that this is kind of the plan A that they're stuck with now. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. He said in there that things just need to click and I think that unfortunately that is where we're at. Like that, you know, we asked Daniel a second time, you know, what's wrong with the team after he said, well, we've had the injuries and some absences, you know, you reiterated again. Well, you know, like, yeah, it's just the injuries. So I, I don't know that there is a solution that the third question that I wanted to talk about here is, can this team make the playoffs without another signing? And like that, that's the question of, <laughs> If they can, when will things start clicking? Or what does clicking mean exactly? So, so David, can this team make the playoffs without without getting a new signing? No. Cool. <laughs> no, so here's the thing. At some point, hypothetically, Gotti Kinda will come back, which when he's been out the entire season will function kind of as a new signing, right? But how many fines is that? Is that three? Cody's having a rough night over here. My. What do you keep dropping? My. 
<laughs> I took my phone out of the case and it's really slippery. You know when you take your phone out of the case and it's all slippery? Yeah. I'm Why'd sorry. you take your phone out of the case? Thad, you need sometimes, to go teach her on Cody. Come sometimes on, I just like to hold <laughs> my phone in my hand. You know what I mean? It just, it, I don't know. <laughs> all right, David. Okay. Back to what you were saying. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure, I'm not sure I remember what I was saying. So, you gave the Peter Vermees line of it's just like a new, a new sighting. sighting. Well, yes, he did. Right, Thank right. you. So, Thank you, Daniel. So, but the, but we talked about this what last week, right? Is Gotti really what this team needs to turn things around? It'll be helpful. It will be. It'll be really helpful. It's a piece. But, but we he had a long conversation about how valuable that game breaking ten is, and so when I'm looking at teams that are have started seasons really poorly and then went on to make the playoffs and have any sort of run. The, the perfect example is 2016 Seattle Sounders. They had 20 points through 20 matches. And they, through July 24th, they had won a handful of games. And they were just taking L after L I after L. I remember this team. Then they signed Nico Lodero in the summer window, and they go to MLS Cup. Gotti Keen does good. I like Gotti a lot. He's not Nico Lodero. No. He's not Lucas Zellerian. He's not Emmanuel Reynoso, although Sporting also isn't a team that uses a uh, a true ten, right? That well, but you know Seattle was kind of middling through a season, and then they picked up Raúl Ruiz Diaz. You know, without getting a really elite player in, I'm not sure that this team is going to have enough going forward to do any damage. We've scored five goals through seven games. Just an update, I cracked my screen protector on that last one. Daniel, did you disagree <laughs> that this team could make the playoffs? <laughs> okay, so I think, and I I respectfully disagree with David because I understand what he's saying. But you also pointed to all of those teams, and as, as Thad said, that the they function with the number 10 entirely differently. Um, I don't know that Peter is willing to sacrifice that. It's the system to make that happen if they were to go outside and make that change. But... I think you're looking at a lot of those teams that just they went on to like win trophies and like go to M- the MLS Cup final. But they were also like at the end of the season, they shot their way up the table almost to first or second. We don't need to be a first or second. My light just dropped. Goodness gracious. This is a mess. Um, we don't need like sporting doesn't need to be first or second to make the playoffs. They got to be seventh. So I, I think with a healthy Gotti Kenda and with uh, a um, barring no more injuries, right? And like the team kind of gets back into sync. Something happens with the striker position, whether it's Shelton starts banging him in huh. or if it's going to be Vunjevic, you know, like that. that That's us. You said something the hopeful there. That's so there's, I'm, I'm not necessarily banging him in, but like it is a much more functional option than he's been so far this year. Um, yeah, that sounds great. But still, you said something has to happen there. And that's right. I, yeah. But I, and, but I, I would bank on that more than a signing than uh, like of like a Nico Ladero caliber. And like I said, I I don't know that my expectation was that that team could win MLS Cup this year. So I have kept that. Like if they if they had Allen, sure. If they had even gotten Casper Shabilko, I I think they probably could have been up there. Uh, not Casper Shabilko. Who's the one that uh, Robert Barich? If mm-hmm. they had been able to mm-hmm. land Barich, I think that they they could have been pushing up there a lot higher. But my like top bar for where I think this team could have been this year is sitting uh, very maybe com- like in the postseason, maybe pushing for home playoff spot might be at like the five or six spot because there's just uh, th- there's a lot that has to to go 
wrong. I think compared to some of the other teams that are ahead of them, I just don't think like when sporting's flying, they're better than a lot of those teams that are ahead of them. And so I have question marks about how long it's going to take for them to get there, but I don't think it's entirely like unrealistic for them. I mean, look at what Vancouver did last year too. They made the playoffs. They got their butts kicked in the first round uh, against sporting, but they made the playoffs and they were virtually, I mean, they fired their head coach in July and were dead in the water. So to make the playoffs, I don't think they necessarily need another signing. They want to win a trophy this year. They got to, they're going to have to do something uh, significant either at the sixth position um, or at the striker position. I think those are the two very obvious places that they would do that. But I still don't know if that's if that's going to happen because that's never been something that Vermees has done. So is he desperate enough to go do something that he's never done, which is make a large acquisition in the middle of the season? So I'm surprised that it's taken and the way our discussion has gone. I mean, didn't we come out of that game a little bit thinking, hey, this is the best they've played in a while? And hey, what a difference uh, John Neese and Wojnovich made coming at the end. Mm-hmm. And, and Peter hinted at playing those guys more. Is that going to make a difference for this team? What do you guys think? Yeah, Robert, I'm really glad you said that because – I, I came away thinking that this game wasn't that bad. I know, Dana, you mentioned that second goal and frustrating as hell. Yeah, yes, you can but. you can pick it apart <laughs> and be like, oh, they you know, you gotta get to the second ball, you gotta do this and that. But that both of their goals to me looked like looked like Stoke City scoring on Chelsea or Manchester City. You know, it was off it was kind of slop goals, offset pieces, the great equalizers. And and you know Daniel came close more than once. Johnny almost Johnny almost had one. If so, if, if Daniel Salovey's shot is an inch further to the left, it's a goal and yeah. it's a two-two draw. And we're talking about how they salvaged salvaged the point. Yeah. Um, pissed off maybe about them not getting all three, um, but you're you're talking about them salvaging a point and things like on the on the road to to recovery. But because that didn't go in, now we're we're having the the all all hell is broken loose discussion. <laughs> Okay, so what do you think? Johnny's going to get more time. Is uh, Voinovich going to get more time now, like Peter's hinted at? Well, yeah, he remember he said at the end of the game that he kind of indicated that changes were coming. So where are these changes? So you have to think Johnny's is one of them, right? But who does he replace? That's the question. Who who does Peter see as the ones that did not put out enough effort in that game? I'm I'm gonna just hopefully guess. Not effort. But in Denbe right over mentality. sweat. That's the one I'm hoping is in Denbe over sweat is one of them. Well, he came in at the end. I could see that being a function, too, of just getting Indenbe back in there, too. I don't know that Sweat was a total scapegoat, but if we go back and look at those at those set pieces, there's a player who was not marking, did not follow their mark to the back post. It was just hanging out at Dude. the top of the six while everyone else followed in. Daniel, you don't uh, want to mention the name? Okay. Well, I, we'll just say I wouldn't be surprised I understand. if... I wouldn't be surprised if... Uh, we did see Vunovich starting next week. That's that was I. I was assuming Vunovich had to be one of them. That's I think so. I the problem with Tionis is just like he has never really played at, in a ten ever. Um, even at the club level, he's been like as a striker or a winger. And so the like you could conceivably move Daniel to striker and put Tionis at uh, in Daniel's spot if you wanted to. If, if that was the player that they were trying to get on. I don't know if Peter's totally ready to change up where Daniel's playing on the regular either. I'd rather see Janice as the nine, and he could play a false nine kind of role but because he's got the speed, the, the dribbling, the turning. He's got all of that. He can shoot. Uh, yeah, we've seen that he can shoot. Like uh, the, 
the game for Cyprus and that he went when he was away on international duty, they got that goal was basically against Estonia. Was it Estonia? Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, that's right. The the only concern I would have with Johnny's playing in the midfield is I'm not sure what kind of passer he is because I think he's creative enough. Um, and, and by passing, I'm talking about his ability to, to retain possession. Possession passing. Yeah. You know, I think he can hit a good through ball or be creative. I, we know he can shoot. He's a very capable defender. He's a very willing defender. He's got pace. He's got the ability to cover large parts of the field and do it fast. I'm just not sure how he would fit in one of those dueling eights playing that Gotti Kinda role of being, but being able to retain possession and combine. That's why I'd rather see him at the nine spot or a wing spot, but I, right. I would love to see him be tried at the false nine for a while. Um, again, it's not hate on Kyrie, but if he's not in a good spot, you know, that it, yeah. we, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say like blame him for any of the particular spots. I mean, everybody has mistakes, but he might be not in a good mental spot just because he knows that, Fans are expecting him to do stuff that he's not doing or can't do or has never been strong at. I don't know that I've I will still maintain that he doesn't have to score a lot of goals in order to be an effective nine as long as the other people around him are being better. But when they're not being better, that then he's not doing any of those particular jobs well. And Voinovich is better than zero goals. Like I bet he scores at least a goal for this team. So th- there are more goals out there. And if we, you know, we we talked about how we keep making excuses for why this team isn't doing that well. But if you actually line up all of those excuses, Voinovich is brand new. What if he gets his legs under him? He could score some goals. There's that one. You bring back Gadi Kinda. There's that one. Uri comes back and, and plays decent. Uh, you know, Daniel Shallowy starts scoring more goals. Russell starts scoring more goals. It is, I was complaining pretty hard about the team, but like Daniel said, all they have to get is seventh place. All you got to do is LA Galaxy your way in there, and the Galaxy can get seventh place every year and just make the playoffs. So and I can, th- I think we can LA Galaxy our way in. With all of those <laughs> little pieces, they're not really little, but with all those pieces, if they start to improve and start to gel and start to click, Peter could make a move in the summer window. It's not going to be the big splashy ten kind of thing, but he could add another piece in there that would give him a little other look or a little depth or a second option or a third option at the nine or something. He could add a piece in there. And at this point, you're only trying to integrate one guy, not two or three or four guys into this, this team. Cause he's, he's just, you don't have the, the cap and the DP spot to go out and get this big name guy to come in and just save the, the season. Well, okay. I got two things. Okay. All right. If he's going to do that, Here's my request, a Kellen Acosta type player who has the athletic ability as well as the technical abilities that may be reaching a little high. Second thing, I'm going to throw this out here just for discussion. And David, I'm sorry if it interrupts your point you're going to make, but how about Johnny Russell as the 810? Anybody like that idea? As the oh, what? As the 8 slash 10. No. Anybody like that idea? No. Just thought I'd throw it out there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I like Cody that. sounds hurt when you said that. I mean, he sounded like okay. he needed a safe spot. <laughs> just want to throw out there for discussion purposes. If Johnny's not haphazardly dar- darting into the box Proud. from the corner, then then I don't know what he's doing. All righty. Okay, that was, that was good there. That, that was very good. 
Okay, we've got a full podcast here. Anything else we have missed so far? David, no, David, to say you something. didn't let David finish, man. Yeah. Robert interrupted. You didn't let him finish. I, I'm sorry. I think, why don't we blame Rob? Why did I get blamed? Robert interrupted. <laughs> don't blame me. So, David, go ahead. Well, all I was going to say is so I guess to cap off the conversation about can we make the playoffs, you asked, can we make the playoffs? And that was not the question I answered. The question I answered was, can we actually do anything in the playoffs without making a signing? Can we make the playoffs as a seven seed? Sure. Absolutely. And I think Daniel made a great point. Given the vitriol towards the club by the fan base, how upset the fan base has been that we haven't won MLS Cup since 2013. A lot of our fans don't seem to care that we win the Open Cup every few years. That was kind of the question I was answering. Can we win a trophy without making a signing? I'm not sure we can. Um, what that goes to my other point that Robert was mentioning, we don't have the cap space for a DP or maybe that was, um, that was Thad. Sorry. Uh, we're sitting here in the dark and you know, I, that's going to be my excuse for uh, why I couldn't tell you two apart, but, um, looks so much alike. <laughs> we're in the dark. My hot, here's my hot take. Cody's always pushing for us to, to hot take this. So this is my gas bag of the week. There we go. Cut Polito. When we get to the window where we can cut bait on Polito, cut Polito, send a new DP. Because Polito's been hurt enough that, you know, we're not getting our full value out of him. We're not going to sell him for anything close to what we paid for him. So it's not like we're turning and burning and making money like we did. We're not flipping him like, like Busio. When we've got, when the window opens where we can cut a player with no cap hit, Cut Polito, send a new DP. That's my hot take. Sperry, do we cut him? No. You just added 15 minutes to the pod by asking that. (laughs) No, that's all. He he gets a one-word answer. Thad, what did you have on that? I was going to say, that may be one reason he was not added to the season-ending injury list. There's different rules when you apply those different things. And I don't know them, so this is like speculation. Accurate partial information. Don't do that. I don't like that. Because when we have accurate information, we give accurate information. When I say I don't know exactly what the rules are, I say that. So it's accurate in the fact that I say that. Yeah, and but, it's partial. It's, it's exact. I think it fits perfect. Yeah. So anyway, I, I don't know what that rule is. I don't know the exact rules around that. But if you put them on a season-ending injury list, that some that will – I've seen in other leagues that means you can't cut a guy. They're protected at that point. So they're there for the entire season. That may be why he wasn't put on there. But the other factor is – just saw a video of him exercising his ass off the other day. Oh, uh-huh. his ass off in particular. He wasn't just exercising. <laughs> that guy was an that guy was an exercise monster before the injury, and that may be the one thing it would be able to get him back before the actual end of the season is the fact that he was in such amazing shape, and if he was doing the stuff that I saw him doing the other day, he's probably still four months away, easy. But I, I could be wrong. Okay, so back to what was mentioned earlier. Okay, say we do go on our U.S. Open Cup run and we win the Open Cup. I asked this to my neighbor uh, and season ticket member right before the game. If that happens, does that make it a good season? Is that acceptable to you? And he said right away, no. What are your guys' thoughts? Give me a trophy. I like the U.S. Open Cup. The average fan still doesn't know what the Open Cup really means. So... The average fan will look at it as it's just a minor little thing. 
The average fan is stupid. <laughs> now you Be that like as it may. <laughs> now we go back to the beginning Yay. of the pod when we were talking about something else. <laughs> I'd be thrilled with an Open Cup. MLS Cup is my second trophy. I want the Supporter Shield. It's a long season. I would, rad- I would rather watch a season where we dominate all year long. It's enjoyable rather than relying on some sort of crapshoot. Portland was the Western Conference representative last year. Would any of you have wanted to suffer through Portland season last year? <laughs> but for the playoffs? You know, or like Salt Lake came within, you know, a, a whisker of making it to MLS Cup. They were terrible. A handball came they within a handball. They were terrible. Right. <laughs> so like for me, it's Shield, MLS Cup, Open Cup. But give me a trophy. What's that, what's that other one that we're going to be in this year? Campiones or? Leagues Cup. Ca- Leagues Cup. Cup. Yeah. Come on, Dan. Copa Cash Grab is what I like to call it. <laughs> yeah. How much do you think that's going to look like an SKC2 team? They should just put it on their schedule. But, um, yeah, don't cut Polito. Don't cut Polito. I, 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 think, I do think, too, the club would view a U.S. Open Cup as successful. For this team, playoffs and an Open Cup, that's success given the fact that um, the injury issues that they've had um, how difficult it's been to get anybody integrated into the actual team lately and uh, just with the immigration stuff preseason um, and then take, you know, the most expensive signing in club history and bench him for shelve him for the entire year. That a trophy in playoffs is still pretty darn good. All right, Daniel, thank you very much for joining. Thanks for having me on, guys. Nice to meet you, David. <laughs> Nice to meet you. Oh, so that's David down there. The, it's kind of like a mirror, man. I'm seeing like you know the dark hair. The I beard. thought so too. <laughs> yeah, it's dark. <laughs> All right. Yes, and I will see you at practice tomorrow. Thad and I are uh, we're going to be back for our Tuesday training talks. Ooh, did I just come up with a good name for that set that Ooh, segment? Tuesday training talks. Thad didn't like that's it. No, anyway, we'll, will, we'll be back. I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't put the Tuesday because that's all. That's Who do you guys talks. got? Training, training talks. Talk, yeah. We're going to be talking got? with uh, with Roger Espinoza. Oh, that's a fun one. That's a fun one, right? We tried to get Johnny. I, I, sh- I shot my shot to get Johnny. It said no. Sh- so so you shot your shot with Kyrie Shelton, who blasted the refs on Instagram the game prior, and then shot your shot with Johnny after there's a widely publicized video of him yelling at a fan. Shooter's right. got to shoot. One day Patrick's going to give it to him. Wayne Gretzky shoot. said you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. <laughs> right. Boom. <laughs> Yeah.